Well, good morning. Good to see you. Good to be seen, huh? <clears throat> Alex talked about dancing. Hey, you start, Jerry, you start doing the jerk. And the ushers are going to come and have a talk with you. I want you to know that. So, well, the Lord did it again. This is one of these messages where I don't have a beginning nor an end, but I sort of have an end, but I'm trusting in the Lord to give me the beginning and a firm end, and he did it again. Before I get into my message, I want to remind you, next week, a friend of mine will be here. Actually, we're part of the same group called Tikkun International, and uh, this guy is from, he's very apostolic, he's from, he's from Israel, he's a... Uh, He's a pretty funny guy. His name is Itan Shishkov. Actually, it's Andy Shishkov, but his Hebrew name is Itan. So he goes by Itan. He lives in Haifa, Israel. And he's got, I don't know if it's five or six congregations, but it's around the Haifa area. And uh, he's a very influential man. He travels all around the world. I've been trying to get him here for a long time. He finally got right with God. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll come to Milwaukee. So I'm very grateful for that. So he'll be here. Um, you're going to want to be here. Now, he's going to speak not only Sunday, but he'll speak Saturday also of Beth Messiah. Two different, two different um, messages. So you may want, this is one of those times where I would suggest, if you can, make both. All right? All right. Before I pray, I want to ask you a question here. When you, when you pray, when God did something for you, you say, Lord, help me, and God, God does it, who within the Holy Trinity are you speaking to when you say, Lord? Like you'll say, oh, thank you, Lord. You have a choice. Is it God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit? How many of you say, when you say, thank you, Lord, you're talking to God the Father? Raise your hand. Okay, some of you. How many of you say, God the Son? Raise your hand. Okay. How about the Holy Spirit? Some of you. Some of you don't pray. Because your hands didn't go up. Now, this is going to be a different kind of message that you're accustomed to. For this message, I want to make only one important point. I'm only making one point. One point. But to make that one point, I need for us to understand a background of scriptures. So stay on track with me, and we'll, it will all come together in the end. I hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this good time when I get to share this word with my friends. And God, I pray that This makes sense to them. And they'll take action. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, this is my title up here right now. That's my title. You see it? Okay? I could sit down right now. Because that's my message. It's in my title. So, uh, who wants to take a stab at what I'm going to talk about? Sue, you want to take a stab? Or you're volunteering Jerry? You're talking about the whole, okay, what, 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 what is this title? What does it say? 
But what, but what, what does this say about my message? Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. That's my message. I told you to be different. God bless you. Go home. No, don't go home yet. I want to read some scriptures. These are background scriptures to what I want to talk about. In John 1, verse 1 and 2, and I'll comment on them as I'm going. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with the God in the beginning. Now, <clears throat> who, was God, who was with God in the beginning? The who? The word. the word. Not Jesus. The Word. Okay? See, a lot of people say Jesus. But wait a second. That, that's not what the Bible says. Okay? The Word was with God in the beginning, and notice that it was He who was with God in the beginning. It was not a divine idea. It's a He, a person. In John 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, one who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He, the Word, became flesh. So would you agree with me that the Word who became flesh is Jesus, the eldest son of Miriam? You say, Frank, it's Mary. No, her Hebrew name is Miriam. Would you agree with me? How many disagree? How many aren't listening? You're not very responsive. I need response. Okay. It's true. In Mark 1, verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John, that's John the Baptist, in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he was coming up out of the water, which means he must have been down in the water. He wouldn't sprinkle. He saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the desert. And he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. Now I want to I read something else. I want to read the... Uh, uh, Mark 1.10 out of the Amplified. This is interesting. Put it up there. It says, And when he came up out of the water, at once he, John, saw the heavens torn open and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, coming down to enter into him. So one version says upon, one says to enter. So who sent, who sent Jesus out into the desert? Who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He sent the word who was made flesh into the desert to defeat Satan. Now understand that Jesus was always the Son of God. But he didn't become the anointed Son of God until the Spirit came upon and in him. And it was then that the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in bodily form. And it was then that, that Jesus did battle with Satan. Colossians 2.9 says, For in him the whole fullness of the deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. In, in, in Jesus Christ, 
we see the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. Here's a fact. The the only way any of us can come to Jesus for salvation is through the drawing of the Father, and he does that via the Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But yet the Spirit draws us. You know, the, you know there's, a lot of, there's a lot of, when we look at the Holy Trinity, Holy Trinity, it's hard to put your mind around. Have you come to that conclusion yet? Because we have, the, we have I, I, I look, it's like we have three, peop, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But the, you don't see one over here, one over here, and one over here. No, they're kind of like God the Father, God the Son. They're kind of an overlapping. And the Holy Spirit is kind of, it's kind of a mishmash. You see one, you see the other. But not always. But sometimes. In John 10, 30... Jesus said, I and the Father are one. This does not mean that God the Father and God the Son are the same. They're not the same persons. It's that the Son always did the will of the Father. And that's why Jesus could say in John 14, 7, If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. He says, look, look at me. Look at me, what I'm all about. If you see me, if you understand me, you'll you'll understand my father who sent me. Paul said it this way. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. In other words... Jesus mirrors God the Father. You with me? Okay. No? Limmer, you with me? All right. In John 8, verse 54, Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. So God the Father glorifies Jesus. So the way I understand it is this way. Within the Holy Trinity, God the Father glorifies Jesus. Jesus glorifies God the Father. And the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus, which glorifies the Father also. Did you get that? Let me say that again. This is the way I understand. I put it all together. Within the Holy Trinity, God the Father glorifies Jesus. Jesus glorifies God the Father, and the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus, which also glorifies the Father also. This is a mishmash. It just just comes together. A lot of the same, but some are separate. Now, if you feel you're having a difficult time understanding the relationship with God the Father and God the Son, I think you can identify with Philip, who wanted to see God the Father. In John 14, 9, Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? 
even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. So consider this. Let's say I'm in a situation where I desperately need God's intervention. Therefore I ask God the Father in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit brings the intervention. It's really the Holy Spirit who brings the the intervention. You know, just before uh, Jesus went to trial in front of Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, this takes place in Luke 22:66. At daybreak all the elders of the people assembled including the leaders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. Jesus was led before this high council. And they said, tell us, are you the Mashiach? Are you the Messiah? But he replied, if I tell you, you won't believe me. And if I ask you a question, you won't answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated in the place of power at God's right hand. The Son of Man will be at God's right hand. They all shouted, So you are claiming to be the Son of God. And he replied, this is interesting, he says, you say that, I am. Why do we need witnesses, they said. We ourselves heard him say it. Just by him saying that, I am, he was claiming to be God. So, where, now question, where did Jesus say he would be seated? Come on. Go ahead, at the right hand of God, which is a place of Power. Power. So, here's a set of scriptures that could be confusing if you didn't know that Jesus was showing the union of the Godhead. In John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. These are Jesus talking here. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. He lives with you, but he's going to be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Now, in what day is that? Some people think it's a day of Pentecost. Some people think it's a day of of when they actually were born again. I have a tendency here to think maybe it's when they were born again in John 20, 22, when, when God breathed into them and they became living beings spiritually. Now listen to what Jesus said to his born-again disciples 
on Pentecost. On Pentecost. By the way, Pentecost is coming up. In Hebrew, it's Shavuot. It's one of the three big, big holidays that the ancient Jews were to go to Jerusalem, to the temple. In Acts 1.8, he says, But you will receive power when the... That's a miracle-working power, by the way. It's a miracle-working power. That's the Greek word dunamis. You will receive a miracle-working power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Comes on you. Uh, some versions say, come upon you. Now, he's talking to people who already have the Spirit within them. But he's talking about now upon you or on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Here's a challenging scripture in Ephesians 3.20. And this one, this one is becoming more challenging to me the older I get. The older I get, it's more challenging. Because I, um, I do not like to live with regrets. Now, if I could do it all over again, there are some things in church that I would do differently. Oh, yeah, especially with what I know right now. But I would have tempted, because sometimes I get these ideas, and I'm not sure if God's in it or not. And I don't know if I should do it or not. But it's so different. So I, I kind of go back. And sometimes I'll make an excuse. But the older I get, the more I want to give it a rip. Because I don't want those, I don't want to live in a box of excuses. I, 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 I want to be effective. Ephesians 20, God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your, in your wildest dreams. <clears throat> he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. <clears throat> we heard a couple of prophetic words today. One is, why do you say... Um, God sees things that you can accomplish through him. Um, oh, no, here. Oh. I, I couldn't read my own writing, but God's gifts are not casual. God sees things uh, that you can accomplish through him. Another one was, you are gifted beyond reason. Uh, advance in your giftings and power. Take claim of what God has given you. And this goes right along, with, right along with my message. The things, the wildest things that you could do. What are the wildest things for the Lord that you might, you might do? God can do anything. And you know what? He uses normal, everyday people. This is who he uses. The the Pulitzer Prize winners, the, you know, the noble, the wise, the, the brilliant. No, he works through normal people, everyday type people. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His, within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Sometimes when you're being used of God, you don't even know you're being used of God. It's so gentle. 
And you don't even realize until you come out on the other side and you realize it was God, that, that God was using you. That's how gentle it is. Here's my point, my only point. If you want a personal relationship with God, if you want to know God, you must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not going to happen any other way. God the Father, God the Son. In a way, you know, in a way, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Place of power, amen? amen. But yet he says, I'll be with you always, even till the end of the earth, okay? Who, but, but who is with us today? We can't get away from him. And it's a person. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one who is in us. And he wants to do great things. He's like the, the workman for the, the Trinity. God the Father is like the architect. Jesus is like the foreman. And the worker is like the, the Holy Spirit. If you want a personal relationship with God, you must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We must be more Holy Spirit conscious. Why? Because Jesus, the Son of God, is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And the one who is with you at all times is God the Holy Spirit. And God doesn't want you or anyone else to perish. Instead, he wants everyone to come to repentance. And this happens through the Holy Spirit. Will everyone come to repentance? No, I don't think so. And that's because we have a free will to receive him or reject him. In the same way, for those who do come to repentance, do we all take the initiative to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? No, we don't. And that's because, again, we have a free will. Will I draw close to God or will I not draw close to God? The bottom line is the Holy Spirit wants to live in you. He wants to be upon, be upon you. And he wants to work through you. He desires these things. And so I'm, t- I'm talking to the choir here in many ways. So you, are, you, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You're born of the Spirit. You're born again. And many of you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But, my, but listen, God wants to work through us. The Holy Spirit, third part of the Trinity, wants to work through us. You say, man, I'm, I'm 70 years old. I'm kind of old. Where does it say that in the Bible? Where does it say God can't work through someone on Social Security? You say, well, I'm only 12 years old. Where does it say that you got to be 21 years old or older for God to work through? No! If you're, if you're born of the Spirit, If you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you've got the miracle-working power, and God wants to manifest himself through you. How? By the Holy Spirit. He wants to have a relationship with you, and it's not going to happen unless you draw close to the Holy Spirit. And we think this is a a new covenant concept. 
This is not a new covenant concept. Now, I don't have an overhead here, but I want to read you something. This is in 2 Chronicles 14, verse 9. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Obed. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all Judea and Benjamin. This is uh, 2 Chronicles 15, verses 1 and 2. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So in James 4.8, we read, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Now we're talking about spiritually now. You spiritually draw close to God. I mean, you can't get any closer to God than you already are because he's all around you. But I'm saying, but because of the Holy Spirit, where can you go that God is not? But I'm saying you spiritually draw close to God. God will draw close to you. How do you do that? How do you draw close to God spiritually? I'm going to tell you how you do it, and you're going to say, I already know this, but most of you don't do it. You spiritually draw close to God by prayer. By being in the Word of God. By meditation. By doing His will. You can't just be in sin up to your neck and expect God to to be near, in a sense, spiritually. When you're in sin up to your neck, if you ever notice that God seems so distant from you, certainly. The bottom line is the Holy Spirit wants to live in you, He wants to be upon you, and He wants to work through you. And we must be Holy Spirit conscious to really know God. Hear what I'm saying? We have to be. We have to be. I've been to a few churches, different churches, and they talk about God the Father and God the Son. You know, but you don't hear much about God the Holy Spirit and the fact of really drawing close to God is drawing close to the Holy Spirit. You want to know God. Draw close to the Holy Spirit. Start becoming Holy Spirit conscious because He is the one who is within you, upon you, and will work through you. Are you with me? How you think is how you is how you do. So if you're thinking right, you start feeling right, and you're start going to start doing right. And that's my hope. You'll be thinking right, understanding that the Holy Spirit is in you, upon you, and desires to work through you. Give it a rip. Give it a rip. See if God, if you get this idea. Well, it doesn't seem to be against the Bible. I'm going to talk to one of the elders. See what they think. They'll pray about it. So give it a rip. Try it. Maybe God's in this thing. Maybe he's not. If he's in it, praise God. If he's not, Praise him anyways, because you back off. You missed it. You know, the Holy Spirit is like in the wind. And you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. So like in a sailboat, you 
bring the sail one way, ah, we're not moving so good. You bring it another way, ah, we're still not moving all that good. You bring it this way, oh, we found the wind. We're moving. Then the wind changes. You got to change the sail. You got to give it a rip sometimes to find the wind. You got to give it a rip sometimes to be effective in the kingdom of God. God's not going to make you draw close to him. He's not going to make you draw close to him. He's not going to make you. He will maybe allow some things to happen where you might want to draw close to him, but he will not make you. We have a free will. A free will. Let's become Holy Spirit conscious. You want to know God? Get to know the Holy Spirit. Let's all stand together. God wants to bless us, and he does that through the ironic prayer. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace, peace in your heart as you're drawing close to the Holy Spirit because that is the will of God. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you a lot.